Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead, open your mouth and say something sweet about them. Go ahead, say something nice to them. Tell them how much you appreciate and you love them. You alone are worthy of all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have come into this house to magnify his name and to worship him. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. It is, it is an honor to stand before you tonight. Before we go further, amen, we give an honor to the spirit of the Lord that is in this place. The Holy Ghost is welcome. He's wanted and he's needed. Then I'm going to add on something to it. And I brought him with me. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I brought him with me. I brought him with me. Amen. And, and to our illustrious bishop, we thank God for our spiritual father tonight. And we honor you, bishop. Amen. Amen. We thank God for our man of God. Clap your hands for that. Amen. And to our leading lady, elect Lady Carolyn Williams, we honor you, Mom, tonight. Amen. And to Pastor T and Pastor Kelly, amen, the pastors of the house, and, and to my precious wife, Elder Nicole Battle is here tonight. Thank you. Amen. All right. Uh, we're going to get right to the word of the Lord. Amen. And uh, I'm glad to be here. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. Uh, Go to uh, I'm just going to use uh, I'm going to stay in that same vein. Uh, Bishop has been talking pastoral teaching um, uh, precepts for the promise and so um, I'm going to use that uh, promise. Let's go to Proverbs and then the Hebrews 6. Let's go to Proverbs 23, verse number uh, 18. Something that I used uh, to encourage me. And then uh, once you get Proverbs 23, 18, then you're going to skip over to um, Hebrews 6. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it'll make sense. It will make sense. Hebrews 6 and 14, okay? And um, so Proverbs 23, 18, when you have it, say amen. Let's read it. It's even on the, on the board tonight. Amen. Let's read it together. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 6, the writer of Hebrews. Amen. Chapter number 6. Let's start at uh, 13, shall we? Matter of fact, we'll do 13 through 15. I believe that's good. Amen. When you're there, say, I am. Let's read together. For when God had made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so... After he had patiently endured, look at your neighbor say, neighbor, you got to hang on in there. For surely there's an expected end. Amen. He obtained the promise. It is, it is, it is from the first word in Proverbs 23, 18. Uh, I've been ministering this on the road. Um, surely there is an end. So that first word. And then you got um, the second word in Hebrews 6 and 14. Uh-huh, 14, it says, saying, surely, all right? It is, it is from those two surely's where I just want to 
um, give you this little simple, just simple little um, phrase. Look at your neighbor on your road and point at him and say, he said surely. All right. Amen. Um, pat, pat yourself and say, he said surely. He said surely. Okay. Father, we thank you tonight. Bless us indeed. Now in Jesus' name. You said a seeing eye and a hearing ear, you give. And we thank you tonight for a seeing eye and a hearing ear, but most of all, a heart to understand. Angels, we release you now, ministering spirits, to minister to every man, woman, boy, and girl under our voice. Let it be said at the end, it was surely good for us to have been there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Surely. He said surely. Um, tonight I'm going to ask you to um, just have your spirit open and and let's, let's just uh, talk for a moment here, all right? Um, you know, I travel a lot. I honestly do, and I love driving. Um, I, I love driving to the point that, you know, Uber is my thing. And uh, uh, just driving people, driving my family, my wife around, I just love taking different routes. The scenery is nice. Uh, I remember one time um, in 2007 uh, where... I took a trip down to Birmingham, Alabama by myself. I just pulled over one time. I just had my music, you know, put a black person in the car with some music and, you know, and uh, you got some tunes and you, you got you some munchies. You can go for a distance. You can go a while. And so um, I got on the road and I loved it. I loved it. However, it was the route that the GPS took me that I didn't care for. Because surely I had planned in my mind uh, surely I had planned in my mind that I would stop by, you know, when you're going down south, I-95, I had the Maryland house in my mind. Oh, man, I, I, I just longed to see that sign, Maryland house, a few miles away. But I didn't see it because the GPS took me through Pennsylvania on the back road. And so, um, you know, all I saw was hills, mountains, uh, tractor trailer trucks, and coffee stations. I don't drink coffee, so, you know, I got real sleepy, but that's the way that the GPS took me, you know, and so um, from that, you know, I remember one day I recall driving to a destination unknown, and the GPS was taking me away that I could not figure out how that road would meet up with this road that I was on, you know, so it seemed like a boring route uh, which offered me no highlights of ever ending. I, I, I don't know if you've ever been there. You use the GPS and the GPS said, go this route. And you're like, well, I don't see how this is going to take me to my destination. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, but you got to trust the system. Trust the system. Trust the system. So, so, so I, I could not wait, y'all, uh, for the two paths to meet. I mean, at least that's what the GPS told me would occur if I stayed on the road. The GPS told me that if you stay on this road, it's going to cause the two paths to meet. You see, you see, tonight, uh, you may be under the sound of this word tonight that the Lord is exhaling from his spirit tonight into your spirit. Uh-huh. But have you ever had your reality and your expectations to be on two different sides? It's like, it's like they were parallel, but then it's like your reality took you the long route. So, I, 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 you know, I, I'm not sure tonight, you know, have you ever experienced this? Tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, have you ever gone through that? Uh, you, you know, Bishop, it, it was like I wanted to ask the system, how does the reality of where I am coincide with my expectations? But the one that was guiding me. Lord, have mercy tonight. But the one that was guiding me, Minister Travis, understood the route and the way that I was taking. Oh, God. Oh, God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he knows the way that you take. God, 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 God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My leg is shaking already. I just got started. Hallelujah. You see, the guide of Jeremy knew all too well the system. The guide knew the system. The guide knew the system. And the, when the Holy Ghost has come, he will guide you. Oh, 
Oh, oh, oh. oh God, tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, he knows the way. He knows the way. He knows the way. He knows the way. If you on this earth, you got a destiny, and God got you on a route that may not be looking like it's ever going to cross paths with your reality and your expectation, but I came to tell you tonight, surely there's an end. Surely there's an end, and your expectation will not be cut off. Oh, God. Matter of fact, Ecclesiastes, the son of the preacher, said this in chapter 7, verse number 8. He said, better is the end of a thing. All right, I use Pastor Kelly. I use Pastor Kelly's, her, one of her favorite verses, I guess. Uh, for all the promises in him are yea, and they are amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, my God says surely, 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 surely. Uh, the reality of it, Minister Stanley, was this. Uh, me and Lady, uh, my wife and I, Nick, I, you know, I call her Nick. She's my girlfriend. She's, she's my spouse. She's my baby mama. She's all that. She's my lawyer. She's my doctor. Uh, she's my counselor. Uh, she's my friend. And so we went into the city. I had to take care of some business last, last Friday. We went into the city. And so, uh, Minister Travis, we had to be in Brooklyn on Flatlands and 94th Street by 7 p.m., at least by 7 p.m. But we were stuck in midtown traffic, and I was, so I put the address of where I was going inside the GPS. And the GPS said, you will arrive at your destination by 7.08. It was already put Pushing close to six o'clock, if not out a little after six. So I said to my wife, I said, I don't know how this GPS has calculated that I will get there when I'm stuck in traffic and it's after six and I gotta go all the way to the other side of Brooklyn and you telling me I'm gonna arrive at 708. But my wife looked at me and said, trust the system. Oh. And then, those of you that use a GPS, I don't know if you use a navigation system, whether it be on your phone, whether it be uh, on your iPad, or whether it be in your car, you know, but the system told me, the GPS said, you're on the fastest route. So, so, so what I did, you know, I tried to help the system. Okay, I'm the only one. I'm the only one tonight. I'm the only one. I tried to help the system. And so what I said in my mind, I said, well, you know what? I won't take 495. What I'll do is I'll take 495 and I won't go the way the system wants because I got this figured out. But the system kept telling me, get off here. Get off here. Take the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. And so when I got there, it said get off at Grand Avenue. But when I got off at Grand Avenue, it took me a back way that I had never been. Who am I talking to tonight? It seemed like what God has promising you, the route that he got you on, you said, I don't know nothing about this. Uh, but tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, if he said it, that's going to sell it. I'll use Pastor T's word. A promise is a promise. And God is not a man So, so, you know, I, I got off. I, fo I followed the system. I followed the system. And so what happened was I came the back way. And so I said to my wife, I said, now, I used to live in Brooklyn on Hancock and Lewis. I used to live in Brooklyn. Now, you know, I went to church in Brooklyn on Wilfield Street at Bishop Green's church. You know, I was there for like 19, 18, 19 years. So I traveled, you know, playing a lot at different places for the bishop and traveling with him and stuff like that. But I've never seen this part. I don't see how this is going to get me all the way to Flatlands in a couple of minutes. Oh, God. So I started following and it said, okay, turn on Bushwick. I said, Bushwick is over here. I said, no, no, Bushwick don't come all the way down here. And then the next thing I know, I told my wife, I said, uh-oh, it's looking a whole lot better. That I guess the system do know the way that I take. So, so I, it, it said, make a left on Bushwick. So I started going, making a left on Bushwick, and I started driving. And I kept driving. And I said, oh, there's gates. I said, oh, I know where I'm at now. But, so what I did was I tried to challenge the system. <laughs> and I said, I want to see. So I, I, I said, 
what many of us do when it comes down to trying to help God. I don't care how anointed you are. Your Abram side will tamper with your Abraham side. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So I came up, I said, well, I, I told my wife, I said, I, I know where, I know where they're taking us. They're going to they tell me to turn down Rockaway Avenue. And so I could take Rockaway on the other side. But that's not what they told me. Needless to say, I got there before 708. I pulled up in the area, went through traffic. And see, that's the thing about trusting the promise. Well, you know what, let me lean back off the promise. Because you can get a promise without ever having the promise, sir. Moses, I'll give y'all the land, but I'm not going. Exodus 33. I'm not going. They're stiff-necked, but everything I promise, I will give them. But my presence will not be there. So you can have a promise and never have the promise, sir. And so what happened was, um, Elder Neal, I kept following this system, and I got there way before time. So I said, so I said to my wife, I said, well, we made it. Now we can do something that we desire. Let's stop by Subway's, get us some cookies. Let, let's, let's get us a sandwich or something. Now don't laugh about that and miss what I'm telling you. Because the, the Bible says your Heavenly Father already know what you have need of. So your needs, you don't ever have to fret about your needs. See, see, but, but this is where God is aiming at the promise at. He, see, he's aiming the promise at your desire. Oh, God. See, it's the desire that he wants you. Okay, Jesus said it like this. Whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes. It is a tree of life. Okay, all right. Let me move on. I don't want to bore you. Uh, so, so it was like I, I wanted to ask the system, you know, how does this work? So the guide knew. The, the system told me. The guide told me, you're on the fastest route. And I didn't know I was on the fastest route to my expectations. And so it is in everyone's life here. You have goals. You have expectations. You have desires and promises over your life. But it's a systematic approach to how God does things. What is a system? I'm glad you asked. A system is a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done. A system is an organized scheme or a method. In other words, this example, um, they talk about the public school system, right? Uh, um, a synonym for system, if you don't like the word system, is structure, arrangement, process, program, routine, framework. You see, God is a God of system. You see, in the natural, in our body, we got the circulatory system. We got the digestive system. We got the nervous system. We even got the muscular system. Somebody shout system. Okay, so that's, that's in the natural, but what about in the spiritual sense? You said that God is a God of systems. Okay, okay, let's go. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's three lights in the sky. Sun, moon, stars. It's a system that God works on. Watch this, Genesis 1. Look how God, look how God did man. Man, he says in Genesis 1.26, he said, let us make man. Then he turned around in Genesis 1.28 and said, let us create man. Then in Genesis 27, he said, let us form man. That's a system. That's a system. He said, let us make, let us create, and let us form. Shot, tap your neighbor, say, neighbor, hang with the system. Stick with the system. Okay, your body is created of three parts. God works in a, in a system. You are body, soul, and spirit. But when God created Adam and formed Adam, it was spirit, soul, body. But when he fell, the triangle flipped, and now we're more concerned about our body than we are our spirit, being led by our spirit. Tap your neighbor and say, it's a system. 
Okay, there's a system, when it, when it came to Genesis 12, he called a man by the name of Abram. Everybody say Abram. Everybody say Abram. Come on, say Abram. Say Abram. Say Abram. Watch this. God worked in a system. Periodically, you'll see in the scriptures where he'll come to people. When he came to Moses, he told Moses. When he came to the children of Israel, you know, he told them, he said, the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's a system. It's a system for the promise. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob had how many sons? He had 12, but he had his sons systematically. God was working in a system. Why, why, would you, why would you have, why would you do that, God? Because watch this. In Genesis 3, God made a promise in the earth. He said, and the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. Now watch this. That seed was Jesus. Huh? What Jesus would come from the tribe of what? The tribe of Judah. Now watch this. Watch God work the system. He'll work the system when it comes down to a promise. He'll work your system. He'll get in the financial system to work the promise. He'll get in the health system to work the promise. Notice what God did. He sends Joseph ahead of his brothers into the system so that when the famine come, Judah is preserved. Oh, 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 God, oh, God, oh, God. See, if you don't preserve Judah, the Messiah can't come. God is a God of a system. God is a God of a system. And sometimes your expectations want to override the system. Oh God, I'm not the only one. Come on, don't sit there and look at me like that. So Jacob has 12 sons systematically. Joseph goes with four. See, some of y'all you want to know why you're the one in the family. Out of, all, out of everybody, God came for you. See, it's not about you. It's about what comes through you. And see, see, see so, so we move on. Notice what he did with Moses. Moses was born, right? Moses was born, right? His mother, now, the Pharaoh had put the... Um, had put the, the order out there that you kill all the Hebrew males, right? Okay, notice what God does. He sends Moses into the system. Let him grow up in Pharaoh's house. Oh, God. Now watch this. Now watch what happens. Watch what happens. Moses is so gifted and, uh, and appointed to be a deliverer that he does it before his time. So he kills the Egyptian soldier and he runs from the system. And when he ran from the system, he ran right into a priest. Oh, that would train him by the name of Jethro. He stays with Jethro for a, 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 a while. He marries Jethro's daughter, and God resets him and send him back into the system. Why? To deliver his people from the system. I take him out of the system, clean him up, reset him, put your neighbor like this and say, boop, you just got reset. Ah, you just got reset. Why? So you can go into the world and preach the gospel. But you know what happens? Ask me what happens. The church only want to do half of it. You want to preach, but you don't want to go into the world. And then when you go into the world, you're so caught up on your paycheck so you can pay some bills and don't realize that the word world means cosmos. It means system. So when he told, when he told them, watch this. Watch this. Let me say this too. The church has looked at the Great Commission as if it's evangelistic. And it's not. It's apostolic. You are sent somewhere. You are sent to that job. You are sent to change the policies and the rules and the regulations that the kingdom of God may come through that area. But see, if, you are, if your mind is blinded by the God of the world, all you're thinking about is a paycheck. 
Oh, I can't wait to retire off this job. And you never did what God wanted you to do inside the system. I have to constantly remind myself, your money is not attached to your job. Your wealth is not attached to your job. Your wealth is attached to your assignment. And when you do your assignment, now wealth does not just mean money. I'm not against not working. Well, not having a job. Because there's a difference between job and work. All right, so he'll send you into this system. So you know what I want you to do from now on? I want you to go back to your place of employment and ask the Holy Ghost, why have you sent me here? Who is it that you want me to affect while I'm in here? Oh, God. Wake up in the morning asking the Holy Ghost, who am I assigned to for the day? It may be a client that will go home and commit suicide, but when they connect with you, oh, God, they don't realize that the deliverer has come. Moses, go in to bring my people out of the system. So watch this. When they come out, when they come out, God gives them a system. He brings Moses up on the top of the mountain. He doesn't have an iPad, doesn't have a Nook, doesn't have an AT&T phone, Verizon, or Sprint, or Metro PTS. All Moses has is a clean heart. So when God downloaded his vision for the tabernacle, he pinned it in Moses' heart. Moses didn't seek the board. He didn't give the vision to the board. He gave, it, he gave it to Moses. And then God said, go down there and you tell the elders what I said. And then you go to the people and you tell them, I want this, this, that, and this. See, I, I'm all for a free will offering. But the God that we serve is very detailed. He told Moses, I want gold. I want silver. I want, I want bronze. I want scarlet. But wait a minute. These were poor people that went into Egypt. But when they came out, they came out loaded. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus, Pastor T, I don't have the time, bro. Can I announce to you, everybody that's here, let me say this to you. You know why God gave you a 9 to 5 or 11 to 3? You know why God blessed you? So that you can go in Egypt and bankrupt Egypt and bring the gold and the silver in here to build the tabernacle. That's how you build. You go into Egypt. All your skills that you got, when it come down to church, I don't know how to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm tired. You know why? Because you let the world pimp you all, all Monday through Friday. You let the world pimp you and use you. Use your strength. Use your energy. And when it come down to the house of God, you tired. Let them do it. No, 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 no. But when the people become one man, oh God, I'll send the wave of the Spirit. I will fill this house when the inside become one. Then I can fill the house with the rest of the world. the house going to get filled if you don't go get one? Each one for each. Don't teach one. Just each. So when they came out, God still works the system. Out of court, in a court. Holies of holies. When they bring their gifts, it'll be tithe, offering, first fruits. God is working a system. Can I, can I say something to you tonight? The Lord conducts our lives in a system. Romans 8, 29 through 30. And he, and he who he did foreknow, what did he do? He predestinated. And those that he predestinated, he called. Watch what he do. And when you answer the call, he justifies. 
And then after you become justified, just as if you never sinned, just as if you never messed up, as when, when you say, Lord, I believe that you died for my sins and you sent Jesus and you received that salvation, watch what happens right then and there. God declares you right before him. Right there on the spot. He didn't ask you to stop doing this. It's not based on your performance. It's based on his grace. You know why? You know why I guarantee the world won't come into the church because we got a mixed message. Our messes, our messes is mixed. We want to talk about how graceful God is, how loving God is, but we hold grudges on the other side. We pick and choose how we do stuff. We 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 want to extend certain things to certain people. We want to hold back from other people. We want people to work hard. You can't mix law and grace. And there's nothing wrong with the law. The law is holy. The law is just. Okay. So notice this. Whom he foreknow, he knew you would get here. The problem is you look at yourself as a person and not as a prophecy. God called you. So he knew, he foreknew you. He predestinated what year you will be born who your father would be, who your mother would be, where they would meet at, what hospital or what back room you will be born. Notice what he does then. He predestinates you and then he sets it on his timer when he will call you. Then after you call he, and you answer the call, he justifies you between justification the next step on the system is glorification. So you know what God does? Everything you go through, he uses it to glorify him. Okay. Be quiet. That means you're thinking. Watch this. What we see in America is systems failing. I saw a clip over the news today. I don't know if you saw it, but a police officer that works and lives, brought up in America, has gotten arrested by the FBI for helping ISIS. When I saw it, the Lord said to me, he said, son, you remember that visitation that I, I gave you? It was in December, December 16th, about one o'clock in the morning. The Lord visited me, and he had me pinned. It lasted for about five hours. I was up, preparing, come and minister the next day on a Saturday night. And he pinned me, and he told me, he said, the systems, I want you to know something, son. He said, the systems of this world is failing. He said, and watch this, and it's going to get worse. And then he told me, this was in 2000 and, and a couple of years back, and he told me, he said, he said and I don't want you to fret. Because of evildoers. Now, that right there and there, you know what my pastor mind said. I said, yeah, God's going to deal with them. That's out of order in the church. That, that, that's where I went first. You know, God's going to take care of this. Then I said, okay, God, I don't know who you're talking about. But then when I saw ISIS and the stuff that was happening in America, the Holy Ghost said, did not I tell you, don't fret because of evildoers. Because they will soon be cut off. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. But he told me, he said, I told you that the systems were going to fail. The stock market crashed. That's the financial system. Amtrak crashed and MetroCard crashing the other day. This was a couple of months back. That's the transportation system. Colleges and school murders in high numbers. That's the educational system. The quarterback, Tom Brady. And NFL players and DJ Scott LaRock, the first rap murder, Elvis and Michael Jackson's suicide. That's the entertainment system. Catholic church scandal, mega, watch this, top name preachers, clueless and frustrated believers in church, mega buildings, but many impact. That's the religious system. Ferguson, Missouri, Staten Island, Baltimore, Los Angeles. 
I don't know about you, but it looks like this generation is growing tired. Tap your neighbor, say, neighbor, the system. But I, but, I, but, I got, but I got good news for you. The good news is, no matter what you see in the world, there's a promise over your life. Uh, you know, promises are made to be kept. The promise was in, in Psalms 91, uh, if they will pull that up, but if not, you can pen it down. Psalms 91, look what the psalmist said. He that dwelleth. In the secret place of the most high. That's El Elyon. You got to know his name. Look at your name and say, neighbor, you got to know his name. You got to call that name, that name that is above every other name. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai, the almighty God. Look at your name and say, neighbor, a promise is a promise. It's a promise is a promise. Now watch, now watch this. Watch this, y'all. I'm going to show you something, how this tie in, how this ties in tonight. Watch this. Notice what happened. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. Oh, God, I don't care what's happened with the police and what's happening with ISIS. I will say of the Lord, he is, he is, he is, he is. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Oh, God, oh, God. Now watch the next verse. Surely he shall. I told you. I told you. Y'all sitting there looking at me. But I told you he said surely. The Bible says. The promise says. Surely he shall deliver thee. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. I don't care what's happening in the city. I don't care what's happening in America. Surely he shall. Look at your neighbor down your road and say, neighbor, he says, surely, oh God, surely he shall deliver. Come on, let's read our promise. Come on, put your mouth in this moment. Let's read this. What does it say? And from what? You don't want to read the rest of it. Tap your neighbor, say, neighbor, my God, surely, 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 surely. When I was upstairs, I wanted to take an opportunity to look in the collegiate dictionary of surely. And it's, you know what surely means? It means, of course. Oh, God. Of course. It means without hesitation. Oh, God. That means I don't care what's happening. I will cover my own people because when I cover you, I'm covering me. I got a word over your life. I got a promise in your family. I can't let my word return to me void. Surely he shall. When you go to the doctor, just tell the doctor, surely, oh God, by his stripes. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I better get out of here. I better get out of here. Because y'all going to blame me. I feel the glory coming in here. Don't fool with me. Don't fool with me tonight. Hallelujah. My leg is shaking. I feel a glory coming in here. I feel a wave of healing coming through here. I feel a wave of deliverance. Surely! Oh, God. Somebody open your mouth and say, Surely! Surely, 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 a thousand shall fall at your side. And 10,000 at your right side, but it shall not. Why? Because he says, surely. Stop, because that, that'll take me somewhere else. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? A lot of times we'll read that between verses number one or we'll read the rest of it. But if you go to verse number one, it said that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Watch this. The next verse will give you how to activate your promise. I will say, oh God, oh God, oh Oh, oh, I will say of the Lord. I can't lean on you saying it over my life. I will say of the Lord that he shall. I can't, I can't depend on you. 
Because you may be going through something where you don't feel like opening up your mouth. So I can't depend on you. I can't depend on the preacher. I got to say, I got to say, let the redeem of the Lord. I got to say it. I will say of the Lord. He is. And then verse 3 says, now that you activated it. See, faith is voice activated. Paul said, David said it like this. I said in my haste that all men are liars. I believe, therefore have I spoken. Sit, come on, my son. Just having a little Sunday school lesson. Okay, so now watch this. Now, now that we don't talk about systems, everything God does is on a system. If you are to acquire your promise, there are, Bishop talked about precepts. I'm going to talk about prerequisites for the promise. Let's bow, stay in line with the house. Prerequisites of the promise. What is a prerequisite? Now, see, I don't have time because I only have one night. So if I would come back or whatever, or I write a book, I would show you there's more than one prerequisite. But the first one, I just want to tap on a little bit. The first prerequisite, prerequisite is a requirement. Everybody say requirement. Come on, class. Open your mouth. Requirement. Say essential. Necessity. Precondition. So if you are to live in the promise and obtain the promise, let me give you your prerequisite. It starts with the letter B. Believe. That's all you got to do. Uh, one day, they asked Jesus a question after he did the fishes and the loaves. They asked him a question, and Jesus said, you come because of the fishes and loaves, because I fed you with bread and fish. That, that's why you come. So then, in that dialogue, in John chapter number 6, verse number 28 through 29, I'll read it, but it said this, if they get it, and they'll put it up for you, uh, because they wanted to ask Jesus something, and it says in 28, then said they unto him, what shall we do? Uh-huh. That we might work the works of God. In other words, what do we have to do in order to tap in? Go to the next verse. What does it say? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God. Well, you know what? I'm trying to work in ministry, and I know God called me to work in ministry, but how's your mindset? You got to train your brain in order to reign. Well, I believe God has given me a ministry. I know God called me to be an apostle. Do you read any apostolic books? Are there, are there credible books? I know God has called me in the healing ministry. Do you read anything on healing? How's your mindset? How's your mindset? How's your mindset? Jesus answered and said unto them, if you want to tap in, this is the work of God, that ye believe. See, God can give us a whole lot of sureties. Jacob, when he was running, before he got changed overnight, he said to the Lord, running from Esau in Genesis 32, he said, Lord, you said surely you will do me good. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, that's that surely, that's that surely. Now, in other words, but there's something that we have to do. There's a prerequisite to this. You gotta believe. Look at your name say, he said surely. This is how I'm gonna close this out. Uh, do me a favor and just put up Hebrews 6. 
uh, 13 or 14. And then I'm going to Genesis 15, 16, and I'm done. Anybody got a promise over your life? There's that P word. That's the word for the season. Everybody, let's read it together. What does it say? For when God made promise to Abraham, what did he do? Okay, next verse. Saying what? Genesis 15. Because if you're going to trust the system, you're going to have to believe. That's how you work it. You got to get your mind right. And then you transform. All right. What does it say? After these things. What things? What things were that? You know what that was? Notice. After he tithed. After these things. What things? The word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying what? Look at me. That's the first fear not in the scripture. Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep, keep going. You know how it is after you tithe. Maybe you don't. After you give. And fear try to grip you and say, yeah, I'm going to see how you're going to pay that. I'm going to see how, you, how that's going to happen for you. Uh, let's see how that turned out. But you know what you tell your bills and everything else? He said, surely. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Now, listen, if anybody has a house and you got a window, you don't pour nothing out no window. So what do you do with a window? You see through a window. You get revelation about your future. Oh, God. The light of where God wants to take you begins to shine in. So notice, after he tithed to Melchizedek in 14, fear tried to grip him about where his future was headed. But look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm a tither. I will not be threatened. I will not be afraid of where I'm going in God. Because I know my God said, surely... Watch this. So after that Mel Chester day, I can say something on that right there. About that message, show, show desert. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. I won't teach that tonight. But you need to read, you need to read the Humash, the Jewish Humash. The sages say that Mel Chester was actually Shem, Noah's son, that had the blessing. That's what the Jewish sages say in the Hebrew Humash. Uh huh. Uh Because -huh, in order to bless, you got to have the blessing. Uh -huh. Oh, God. Oh, God. Melchizedek is not a name, it's a title. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Come on. Let's go further. Uh huh. Uh huh. He, come on. Verse number three says what? And Abram said, Behold, to me you have given me no seed, and lo, one born in my house is not my heir. Next verse. Next verse. What does it say? And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and saying, This shall not be thine heir. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, you don't have to try to manipulate the system. It already, it's already lined up. You don't have to try to manipulate the Holy Ghost. Talk about you want to help him out. He already got this. Watch this. This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of the Thine own bowels shall be thy heir. The next verse, what happened? And he brought him forth abroad and said, he must have opened up that window. Oh, God. Look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Verse number six says what? See the prerequisite? He believed. But something happened later. In that same chapter. Verse number seven says what? And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur, modern day Iraq, of the Chaldeans, to give thee this land to inherit it. Oh, come on, verse number eight says what? And he said, Lord God, that's, that's what I want right there. Travis, let's think for a minute. I like to think with you. You're a good thinker. Travis. 
if he believed God and he said, he turns around and says to God, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? If you believe God, why would you have to turn around and ask, how shall I know it? Are you believing or you don't believe? Because you just believe and it got accredited to your account for righteousness. In other words, we're in proper alignment for the promise. He says, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Next verse. And he said unto him, take me a heifer. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, find that heifer. You got to find that heifer. Look at your neighbor say, we got to find that heifer. Get that heifer. We're going to kill that heifer tonight. We're going to kill that heifer tonight. We're going to get that heifer tonight. Don't look at nobody. Look my way. Don't look at nobody. Don't look at nobody. Look my way. Watch this. I'm almost done, actually. And, and watch this. He said unto him, take me a heifer of three years old. And a what? A systematic approach so that I can settle all of your questions. Who am I talking to tonight? Who am I talking to tonight that came in here questioning your future? And God is like, we're going to do this systematically. What if I had time? I don't have time. Lord, time is not on my side. Oh, my God. I love what I do. God, I love, I love what I do. And a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Verse number 10, what does it say? And he took unto him all these and did what? Watch this. Let me show you something. Can I show it? I'm going to show it anyway. <laughs> Notice what happened, Nick. You with me, Nick? Notice what happened. He took them, all these, and divided them, cut it down the middle. Now, Moses wrote the five first books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. Y'all follow me? When Moses penned this, the, the, the recipient of this book knew the culture of the East. That when you want to cut covenant with somebody, you had to cut it, and it, was, it, it, it turned into a blood covenant. Oh, God. So when God divided, here comes the blood. Oh, God. Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Flip it on the New Testament side. Without the shedding of blood. You concerned about your future when God said, I shed blood with you. We got a covenant. Uh oh, here goes Hebrews, and we having a better covenant. Oh! What he did, God, they cut it. Here's the blood. Right? Right? And see, in the Eastern culture, if you broke a blood covenant, your blood was required. And the only, the only, the only reward was death. So, so God says, let's cut covenant. This is how you're going to know for a surety that I will do what I promise. Because I will, I will cut and I will make a covenant with you. Can I say something to you? We got a lot of filled seats. But not a lot of saints understand their covenant. So you know what they do? They come in here guilty. Heavy laden. They'll work, they'll work, they'll work in an area of the ministry because that's, that's where we put them. So they'll work it. But, but could it be we're building houses with no basement? Because, because Abram, like many saints, we believe God. We believe what we heard on Sunday. But we're lacking confidence. 
How does confidence come? It comes through the covenant. You got to teach me the covenant. What is my covenant? If you teach me the covenant concerning my healing, if you teach me the covenant concerning my wealth, then my confidence will rise. And when my confidence rise, you will have an army that's on the Lord's side that will go through the world system and snatch people out of danger and harm's way. But if you only believe, you're still shaky. You're not sure if God's going to do it. Well, well, you know what? My son, he messed up too bad, and I don't think God can do it. No, no, no. When you know for a surety and you understand your covenant, it's one thing to believe God. That is your first prerequisite to gaining your confidence, to gaining your promise, I mean. But once you understand your covenant, so what did God turn around and do? He broke covenant. said, Abram, you got it. You got it. Abram said, how do I know? I'm, I'm done. He said, how do I know? Watch this. Uh, what verse is that, Cain? Look at 11. 11 says what? And when the sun, no, and when the fowls came, y'all see that? What does it say, everybody? say this to you. You got to keep it clean, but watch this. The Bible says, what did Abram do? Abram drove them away. In other words, you have to beat unbelief in anything that will eat away at your covenant. When unbelief comes, you got to drive it away. How do I drive it away? You got to go back to that promise and say, God, you said God, God, my reality is right here and my expectation is right here, but surely there's an end. And what I believe that you have spoken unto me, it shall happen. You got to beat away unbelief. You got to beat away the vultures that will eat away at your confidence. The covenant is how you know. Look at your neighbor on your row as I close and say the covenant is how you know. The covenant is how you know. That's your prerequisite. You got to believe that covenant. You have to believe that covenant. I don't care what comes on the media. I don't care what they have on the internet. I don't care what comes on CNN. You got to know that your God says, surely I shall deliver thee from the noisome pestilence. I got your whole block covered. I got your family covered. No weapon that's formed against you. That's your covenant right. That's how the family functions. I'll make a way out of no way. I am the Lord, your shepherd. Surely, I shall not want. I shall not lack. I know my reality is signed to say something, but I shall not want. I'm not going to lack. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Watch this. You know what happened in Psalm 23? See, that's why you got to trust the system. Because he said, watch this. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the what? Shadow of death. Of the valley, of the valley, of the valley. On my downtime, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Okay, talk to me, y'all. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they shall what? Comfort me. The next verse says what? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil. My cup. Look at me for a second. Do you know that don't happen when you come out of the valley? It happens while you're in the valley. Yes, sir. Thou preparest a table before me. In other words, before you even get to the valley, I already got the table there. Because I knew that the system was going to bring you this way. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. And see, when you trust God, you, you'll say to him, Lord, I trust you. Even when I can't trace you, I don't know how this is going to turn out. But I know my God shall supply. Oh. God shall 
system said to me, the GPS, the Holy Ghost said, close everything down on something. Follow me over to 122-20 Merrill Street and bring the people there. Everyone that laps water like a dog. Oh, God. I'll test them there. We'll, we'll, we'll try this there. We'll purify there. We'll set you up there. You know what the system did? It sent two brothers in here way before I got here so that when I come in here shaky and unstable, there'll be two brothers, two brethren, along with the rest of you that will come and hug me and say, you're safe. See, the system did that. The system did that. The system did that. And I want to tell you today that no matter where you are in, in this lot of your life, you watching me by live streaming, I don't know where you are, but I'm telling you that the Holy Ghost said, fret not. It's already done. Oh, God. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's already done. With bloodshed, it's already done. Oh, God. He was wounded. It's already done. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Leave out your seat and find three people and say, he says, surely. He says, surely. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tap two or three people around you and say, he says, surely. He says, surely. Don't fret. He says, surely. I don't care how 2016 came in. Better is the end of a thing. Look at your neighbor down your road and say, neighbor, you may not know how it's going to turn out. But your covenant says you are already more than a conqueror. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Nay, in all these things, if God be for us. Elder Harris, you know what happens? You know what happens? Sometimes I go places, right? And people will say things like this. Oh, he's so arrogant. He's so arrogant. He just think he know. No, 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 no. Never let people mistake your confidence for arrogance. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. There is something that I have been through that causes me to be confident. Job said, I know my Redeemer. No, my redeemer living. If he got me out of that, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if he got you out of the last thing, what makes you think he's going to leave you in this thing? Oh, God. Oh, God. If he healed your body before, what makes you think he's going to let the doctor cut you? Ah! All right. I feel a praise in this house because of your belief system. Open your mouth. I'm done. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and bless God. Bless God for your covenant. Bless God. Go ahead. Drive away fear. Drive away. There's an old song that says, help me drive old. Drive old Satan away. We don't want him here. Help me drive old Satan away. We're not looking for him here. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, no weapon on my road. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon. Look down your road and say, neighbor, this is prosperity road. Oh, God, this is wealth road. It won't happen until you say it. Let me say this, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. So when it came down to, when it came down to making a covenant, Blood had to be shed. Thank you. And then, and then the next thing they would do is, in a covenant, Bishop, you know this. I'm, I'm just, watch this. You know what they would do? They, will ex they exchange weapons. Yes, sir. Oh, putting you on the whole armor. <laughs> That's covenant talk. You take the weapons. It's a weapon. Those are weapons. And watch this. The helmet, the shoes, the belt. All of that is simply one thing. 
the word of God. You just find the word on that situation. And you put it in your mouth. Well, I'm just fighting. You know, I'm just fighting. I'm in so much warfare. That's because you got your sword of the spirit. You took the sword away from the spirit. Give it back to the spirit. It's not your sword. Give the sword back to the spirit. It's called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When you put the word of God in your mouth, you are allowing the words that Jesus speaks. They are spirit. You put the word in your mouth. You put the word in your mouth and you begin to let the spirit have his way. Hallelujah. Lastly, take care of his element. Nick, you know what they did, baby? Francis, you know what they did that I love? The Bible culture says this. And I'm finished. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. They will sit down and eat together. Look at me. That's called communion. Can I tell you something? You don't have to wait on the first Sunday to have communion. You know what you do? If you got some saltine crackers and some juice in your house, you know what you do? You pray over it and you sanctify it. And you say, Lord, I'm having a communion with you. Because I when you have when you take communion, you are insinuating we're in covenant. So you know what happens? Here you are facing something. It's the, it's the third Sunday. You got two more Sundays before you even have it. Let's just say it's the third Sunday. You don't have to wait till the first Sunday. You know what you do? You have communion in your house. And you covenant with God. And you say, Lord, I believe your covenant that you have with me. And I take this bread, which is the only symbolism. And I drink this. And I'm fellowshipping with you. But you know what, you know what tradition and religion says? Oh, you got to wait till the first Sunday. You got to wait till the fourth Sunday. You got to come back at night, and then we're going to do it. No. Jesus said, the, the yoke, take my yoke. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Enjoy your walk. And when you, when you go away that you don't understand, just trust the system. The Holy Ghost knows the way. And don't think that God has to do it all the same time, the same way. He may not want to do it that way. So you got to be open and flexible. What if we came in here this Sunday and watch this? And God just said, I just want prayer for the next two hours. I don't, I don't want a song in here. I, don't, I want just straight up prayer. You can't come in here and leave out of here talking about, child, they didn't sing my song today. Child, I was looking to hear my song. This is not Club Nouveau. What, what you do? This is not Club 54. You don't tell the DJ to put on your record. You come in here flexible, ready for however God wants to move. Father, I have, I have fed your people. I, I've given, you said, surely Abraham believed you. And Father, when his confidence was low, you cut covenant with him. Lord, I pray tonight that you will further illuminate this word concerning the covenant that you have with your people. For these are your people, as well as I. We are your prized possession. We are your inheritance. Lord, you said, put not confidence in the flesh, for that will fail us, but put our hope and our trust in you. And tonight, our hope is in you. And your word has declared, Father, hope will not make a shame. So, Father, I pray for my sisters and brothers tonight that they will not waver in unbelief. They will not be double-minded. But, Father, nor will they cast away their confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Bless them now. Cause them to mount up.